Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to this episode of the Mia's Mentorship Podcast. Today, my guest is Leah Drew. She is a healing guide on a mission to help others feel more empowered with the tools to support themselves physically, mentally, emotionally, and energetically as they heal from the past, build awareness around personal roadblocks and limiting beliefs, break toxic ancestral and personal patterns, and more effectively regulate their nervous system so that they can better navigate the ups and downs of life. She helps others turn their wounds into wisdom and pain into power so they can catalyze their healing and growth, enhance their relationships, step into their authentic self-expression, and live a life they fall more in love with every day. But without further ado, please welcome Leah. How has your day been, Leah? My day has been pretty good. It's only 11 a.m. here, so we're we're just getting into the day, um, but I'm excited to be here and to dive into some conversation with you today. Yes, I'm excited to have you on. Do you want to share with the audience who you are and what it is that you do? I would love to. So my name is Leah Drew. I am a trauma-informed mind-body healing guide and a women's empowerment coach. I also am a speaker and a podcast host, and I do all the things because I love to do all the things. Um, <laughs> some days I'm doing body work, not super regularly. Other days I'm just holding space or guiding workshops. And so, yeah, I, I do all the things. Yeah. What got you into doing this? So it was a lot of my own journey with chronic pain, chronic mental health challenges, chronic disease symptoms, and just feeling really disempowered. I got to many points in my world where I was just frustrated with the fact that people weren't looking at the roots of my my challenges and what was happening with my physical body. And that was really where it all started for me um, was with this physical experience of chronic pain and chronic inflammation and these chronic disease symptoms that nobody could figure out why. And it turned out that I ended up having a pancreatic tumor, the size of an orange at the age of 16. And that really changed the trajectory of my life. And over the years, I started getting really curious when my pain got worse after the surgery. And so I started trying to figure out all the tools, techniques, modalities that I could do to best support myself, because it was very obvious that Western medicine was only going to give me a pill or tell me the way that needs to be done and really just put me in a box with everyone else. And I needed something different. I needed something unique because not many people were walking around without parts of their pancreas and with a major scar down the center of their abdomen. And so I really stepped into a place of curiosity to figure out how can I help myself in a world where everyone wants to treat me the same as everybody else. And I was done with the pills. I was done with the, I'm a supporter of therapy, but just the general talk therapy wasn't working. There was a lot of stuff in my body, a lot of emotions, a lot of trauma that wasn't being processed. I wasn't learning how to regulate my nervous system. And I just felt like everyone kept trying to put a bandaid over the symptoms that I was having and the experience that I was having. So I set out on a journey to really learn about myself, learn about my body, learn about my symptoms. And in the process, 
of really targeting the physical pain and the physical body through movement, rehabilitation, breath work, or stabilization. Um, and I started to realize that the physical body is the last domino that falls. You know, the physical symptoms are the last things that we experience. And there's a lot of things that come before that. Your environment plays a huge role. The trauma that you've experienced in your life, unprocessed emotions, all of this plays a role in chronic disease, chronic disease symptoms, and the expression of chronic pain. And so when I started diving into that, I found the study of epigenetics and the mind-body connection and started learning a lot around how your mental, emotional health and your experience with trauma plays a significant role on the genetic expression and the expression of symptoms, the symptomology, the things that you experience and that you feel in your physical body. And so that's really what drove me into this path of guiding others back to themselves. And I call myself a guide and not a, a healer because I'm not here to heal anyone. That's not my job. Nobody is here to heal you. The only person that's going to heal you is yourself. You can receive suggestions and guidance from others, which is where I call myself a guide, because I'm here to guide you back to yourself so you can discern what is best for you to heal. Awesome. Great. Yeah, you had told me your story. And I want to dive deep into the aspect of how Western medicine did or did not support you in your journey. Can you go into more details about that? Totally. So where it started as a child experiencing all these symptoms, I just remember being curled around a toilet for so much of my childhood, just in so much abdominal pain. And no one, I felt like no one was listening to me. I was like, I was going to all these specialists and nobody was, I felt like listening. Nobody found what was going on and nobody did until I started internally bleeding at 16 and then was brought to the hospital, finally had a, a CT and found out that there was a major mass in my stomach. And I just, over the years, you know, then, and after I had the, the tumor removed, I just felt like everyone was just wanted to give me band-aids. They didn't really care about the roots as to why it was happening. They wanted to give me pills and they wanted to put me in, you know, PT for my back pain. That was a very in the box approach, like loop bridges and clamshells are not going to heal your freaking back pain. Like it's just not going to happen, you know, and at least it might heal the symptoms, but if it helps, great, you know, and we want to understand why are you having back pain to begin with? Right. And so it was just a really scattered approach, right? You go to all these different specialists. They're not communicating with each other. They're not working together. They're not helping to understand from a holistic point of view, what's going on with this woman's body and how can she best support it? And so I found that it just kept taking my power away. It wasn't driving me to educate myself. It wasn't driving me to be curious and to learn about myself and to put all the puzzle pieces together. It was actually pulling all the pieces apart and scattering them. And so, you know, we have a great Western medical system when it comes to acute care. You are in a car accident, you go to the emergency room, you go to the hospital, you are taken care of. But when it comes to chronic care, our Western medical system is really failing us, in my opinion. And it's not helping us with understanding all of the things that play a role in those chronic symptoms. And it's not helping us feel empowered over our ability to support ourselves through it. Mm -hmm. 
So how do you think, what, okay, for someone who has those chronic issues and they don't have all the time to do the research themselves, what would you recommend for them? That's a big question. <laughs> um, so I I actually have a, a my signature program is called the Mind Body Initiative. And the whole intention of this program was to give every aspect that to the the learner, to the receiver yeah. of your health so that you can gain a better understanding of all these things that are influencing you and that are playing a role in your chronic symptoms. Because I wanted to make take the guesswork out of it and make it easy because there is so much research to do, like you said. And my goal through that program is to shine a light on as many possible pathways of healing that I can so that someone can understand why they might be thinking, feeling, or moving in this particular way. Um, maybe uh, we go into relationships. We pretty much look at everything that influences the environment of your body. And so shining a light on each door so that the individual can choose which door to keep walking through and learning from, right? And so there's almost more more of an informed approach as to, oh, like, okay, this really resonates with me. I'm going to walk down this path and learn more and keep supporting myself in this area. And so it's a really big answer, um, but, you know, to look at every aspect of your life, we I like to see them in, in these four pillars. You have your physical, you, right? You have your health. You have your relationships, you have your work and providership, and you have your spirituality. And then you also have your physical, your mental, your emotional, and your energetic well-being. And so you want to support each aspect of your well-being through those four pillars, right? Your health is your physical health, your mental health. We're looking at your mindset. We're looking at the emotions that you're experiencing on a regular basis. We're looking at the trauma that you've experienced in your life. We're looking at your ancestral trauma because that plays a role in the way that your genetics are expressing. It's important to look three generations back, your parent, your life, your parents' life, your grandparents' life. If you know about your great-grandparents' life, awesome, even more information, Um right? We want to look at the products that you're putting on your body, the toxins and chemicals you're exposing yourself to on a regular basis, the food you're putting in your body, the conversations you're having with yourself, the relationships that you have in your life. Are the people around you supporting you in the way you want to feel in the place that you want to go? So there's so many avenues of healing. There's plant medicines and psychedelics. There is um, supplements. There's so many things. So taking that guesswork out and making things simple. And if you are navigating a really challenging journey or a journey with chronic disease symptoms, I find that not doing it by yourself is like key because when you do it by yourself, everything feels overwhelming. You have no reflections from another person. So you're not seeing the blind spots of areas that maybe you're just not working on because you don't see them. Right. And being supported when you're navigating challenges like that is the most important thing. Every human being in the world wants to be seen, heard, and supported and loved. And so that's where like not doing it by yourself, in my opinion, is really important based off my own experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are some areas that someone can start to look at to start to really work on optimizing their health and well-being um, physically, mentally, emotionally, and energetically. Right. I really like what you said earlier. You mentioned that whenever you are having back problems, glute bridges and the clam, what are they called? Clamshells, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> they don't, they didn't help you. And I think it's really important to consider, especially when it comes to having issues with your health, 
if you know someone who had the same issues, the cause can be completely different. Because like you said, there's so many different aspects. Like I, whenever I was 15 or 16, I started having really bad back pain. And I was like, what? Like I'm 15, what have back pain? And it was because I was, I started lifting weights at that time, but I wasn't doing ab exercises. And so my core wasn't able to support the weight that I was lifting, which in turn caused me back pain. And, but it's like, if someone else my age had back pain, it could have been something completely different, you know? And so I think it's really important to talk about that aspect of things because we, Google is great, but <laughs> if you type in something, it's going to be very, right. It's going to give you very general information and probably only one or two solutions, but you're most likely not going to fit into those one or two solutions. If you do, great, but you're probably going to have to do more deep diving, deep diving into yourself. I love that you bring that up because it's it's so true. And that brings us back to that in-the-box approach that Western medicine just wants to put you into because it's easy, right? It's a system. And the thing is, healing is not a system. It requires like discernment and communication with your body and like constantly tuning in to figure out, okay, do I need to keep stepping forward? Do I need to take a step to the side and maybe do something a little bit different? And you brought up back pain and the majority of the world at some point in their life has back pain. I think it's like 80% or something. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's 80% of people at some point in their life have back pain. And like you said, it can stem from so many different things. For you, it was your intrinsic core, right? And that's really, really common that people lack core stability and core strength for a lot of reasons. And that's a major thing to focus on when you're working with back pain is stabilization of the pelvis and the spine and intrinsic core strength. But there's also so many other things that can play a role in back pain. For example, the, your, your neck, if you've had whiplash that can play a role in back pain, your gut, your GI, if you have inflammation in your organs that can cause back pain, your gluteal nerves can be causing back pain. You might have a herniated disc, which can be healed without surgery. Let's just like to add that one and injections. Um, there's also looking at things like ankle sprains and, or like adductor sprains that play a role in lower back pain as well. Um, so there's so hormonal imbalances during, for women during the time, um, where they're menstruating, like, like back pain is a lot more common because you have more inflammation in that lower abdominal area. And it leads to less activation of your core muscles, that transverse abdominus, that V muscle that is a huge plays a huge role in stabilizing your lumbar spine and your lower back, your hips and your pelvis. So again, just one example to show how there are so many things that can be the cause of, or the, the, I should say the root cause of what it is that you are experiencing. And that's why it's so, so, so important to take a holistic approach and to work with somebody that can give you insight on all these things and help you look at all the pieces of the puzzle. If you're going to someone and you're seeing someone and they're not taking the most in-depth health history that you've taken yet, then I would encourage you and invite you to maybe find someone that wants to look at things from a more holistic perspective. You know, for me, when I give someone my health history, we're looking at their physical body. We're looking at the food that they're putting in their body. We're looking at the relationships in their life. We're looking at their emotions, their stress. Like we're looking at all these components so I can get a better picture of, okay, where is this person at and how is their environment playing a role in what they're experiencing? Because when you can start to shift to that environment, guess what? Your experience changes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm the same exact way. I do the same thing. You have to look at, I have like 
I go by seven different pillars, which is exercise, nutrition, sleep, stress, mindset, habits, and hormones specifically for women. And and those are like the main ones. Of course, there's sub ones like uh, toxins and the kinds of products you're using like on your skin and things like that. But those are the main ones that usually if one or multiple of those are out of balance, that's usually either causing your health issues or preventing you from reaching your health goals, getting, fixing whatever it is that you're having an issue with. Um, I also want to talk about that since we're talking about Western medicine, one big thing is it happens to be profit over public health. But I like to preface whenever I talk about this that I'm not saying all people who are doctors or nurses or who are in the medical field have this evil intent or anything to where it's profit over public health. They have good intent. And I've actually met multiple people who went in for good intent and they realized that it was a misconstrued system. And but I think it's also important to note that the overall, like who is behind it, it is profit over public health. Would do you want to talk more in depth about that? Sure. Um, I mean, yeah, we know that the profit is huge. Big pharma runs the majority of the world around us, especially the education system. Right. And I used to, when I was going through my healing journey, I got so angry and frustrated with my doctors. I was like, why, why didn't you find this? Like, why don't you know this? Why, why didn't you help me with this? And the reality is that one, they're not taught that. And two, they don't have time to learn that. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a problem in my opinion. You know, we have, we do have a very flawed medical system and we have a medical system that is teaching our doctors and our nurses and our, you know, public health people to be in the box. And that's the only thing that the, the system really knows right now. I do see a rise in the somatic and embodiment and holistic world, which is super beautiful, but it's really not yet made its way into like the roots of the medical system. And I do think that when we start to see that, and when we start to incorporate that, I mean, I went to school and got a pre-med degree. The only reason why I have any knowledge around the mind-body connection is because my focus was in health psychology. Mm-hmm. I had a dual degree. And so not only did I learn about health psychology and how the mind is playing a role in the body, but I learned about the body. And right. so I got to get this really strong understanding of the mind-body connection going through school, looking at mindfulness-based stress reduction techniques, looking at these things that support the body and why the body feels and expresses in a particular way, looking at placebo and nocebo effects. Most people don't get that going through a pre-med degree, going through the medical system. They don't get that understanding of the mind-body connection. And I really think that when we start to incorporate more of that into our education system, that's when we'll start to see a change in medicine. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you mentioned that. I am currently going to school and I'm getting my well, I, I have my personal trainers and my nutritional certification, which is kind of different, but right now I'm getting my bachelor's in community health and I would actually like to further, I, I get that this year and I would like to continue and get my master's of science in nutrition. And it's like, okay, I've, I've been asked before, like, why would you want to do that? You know, because there, there is a stigma behind the education, which is like big universities, right? Like Harvard, for example, has a lot of credibility. Who's funding Harvard? Big Pharma. Who's funding the Harvard articles and studies? Big Pharma. And so who's funding the AHA? Big Pharma, right? And 
So it's like profit from public health, but I'm also being careful with the school I want to go to, right? And I'm looking at who is funding the education. And I mean, I also am coming in with this like knowledge, you know what I mean? So it's, I can take it with a grain of salt if I have to, but anyways, yeah, it's looking at who is funding, even whenever you start doing your own research, a really big thing, if you know how to use like the Cochrane Library or whatever, and, and do your own research on medical journals, medical studies, clinical trials, and all, all that fun stuff, looking at who is funding that, because bias is a huge thing, right? Like there can be a clinical review, and um, clinical reviews have pretty high weight when you're looking at statistics, or not statistics, when you're looking at medical literature, but there's can still be bias behind it. And so I think looking at who is funding the study and actually reading the study, one big thing that I've seen, you can look at the title of a study, right? And the title doesn't even accurately represent what the study was on and the conclusions of it. So like, for example, it can, the study can, emphasize a conclusion but if you actually read the study it was against it was completely opposing to what the title was like it, for example it says oh this study proves that saturated fat is bad but you read the study and it shows that actually it was talking about like margarine and trans fats and seed oils not like dairy and beef you know what I mean and so I think it's really good to consider that for people who are able to do their own research to really look at those things because those have bias behind them. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point that you make there is just because it's a study doesn't mean it's a good study. <laughs> and I took a class in college called Research Methods. And this class was structured very differently. We actually got to learn the process of writing a paper and we had to put together a peer-reviewed research paper based off of all these articles that we read. And we had to learn like what makes a good article? How do you write a good article? What are the things that you're looking for in a good article? And is it clear? Do they have proper standards in, in the research that they've done, right? Do they have... Um, a placebo? Are they comparing it to something that is totally baseline? That's one of the things that I see really often is in a, in a study that they won't compare to something that's actually truly baseline and unaltered and unaffected. Um, and so, yeah, just if you are going to be doing your own research, understanding what makes a good research article and like learn how to read good research. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, is there any last either piece of advice or quote that you would like to share with the audience? Mm. One thing that I would like to share, um, I guess two things. The first one is if you're trying to make changes in your life and you make one change and you're waiting for that one change to make all the difference, and I would encourage you to... I would invite you to, to think about that maybe a little bit differently because one small change is not going to be the difference in your entire health experience. I think that healing is a cultivation of all the things, not just the one thing. 
And so that's the first thing. Cause I think a lot of people are just like, yeah, I changed this one thing. I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to see how my body feels. And that's great. And if you're really in need of deep healing, like really creating change in many areas at the same time, it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to know how much this one thing is making impact before you add something else, right? The whole goal is to get better, you know? And so that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is community is so important. Community is one of the most, and I, I love that you are interested in the community healing aspect because through community, we heal faster. Through community, we get to see ourselves more deeply. Through community, we get to have reflections that allow us to see those blind spots, that allow us to be inspired, that allow us to create changes, that allow us to see that we're not alone. And I think that's one of the biggest things is especially in healing, you can feel very alone. And so finding people that can meet you in that journey, that can support you in that journey, that have similar journeys, that who have done it, who have recovered, right? Like find people that can support you and guide you. Like you can only get so far by yourself. Community is such an imperative component to healing. And if you're finding yourself not having very strong community around you, um, that share the same values as you. That's, that's an important piece is yes, community is community, but aligned community that shares similar values is what is going to massively change your life, change your health, change everything. So that's the other thing that I, I just want to invite your, the listener into just thinking about like, how is your community supporting you and supporting the version of you that you are working to become right now? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Obviously I am going in for community health, but yes. Um, So where can the audience connect with you if they want to chat with you more? Totally. You can find me on social media at mind body with Leah. My website is leahdrew.com. Um, I hang out a lot over on Instagram. I do a bunch of live videos on a, on a regular basis. I offer free coaching on Thursdays. You can come in and ask me anything you want Thursday uh, in the middle of the day, 12 mountain standard time. And then I jump in in the mornings and do these things called detox because I I really love tea. And (laughs) so I just like come on in and like share what's on my heart or what's on my mind. And, um, I love interacting with, with my community and I have many different offers than ways that I help people as well. So if you're seeking some extra support, um, I do some one-on-one work. I do group coaching work. I have a women's community and a beautiful women's membership where women just get to start to like dive deeper into their healing, have the reflections from the community um, and really step into their confidence and step into their voice and setting strong boundaries and loving themselves and really rising in their power so that they can feel empowered in their ability to move through the world and step into what it is that they're calling in and what, what they want in their life. So come hang out with me. I like to be, I love friends and I love to talk to people. So come say hello and let me know, let me know that you, that you found me. And where you found me, I should say. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Leah. Thanks, Mia.
Please give Leah a round of applause. That was such a fun chat. And if you would like to connect with Leah, then I am putting all of her information below in the show notes, as well as a freebie that she is giving out to you guys. And if you are interested in working with me, then you can head to miasmentorship.com. There you can explore my educational courses. You can also apply to work with me for one-on-one coaching. And for more free content like this, I have a blog that Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And I post daily content on Instagram where my username is me dot mentorship then as you probably already know the podcast comes out on tuesdays and fridays hope that y'all have a blessed day bye